This is the Corporate Shadow. I'm Dr. Ryan Giffen, a professor and human resources coach, helping people just like you overcome workplace nonsense and bad bosses. This episode is part two of a three-part series where I'll discuss the most valuable interviewing skills you need to land your dream job. Do you have what it takes to impress the interviewer? Are you confident that you'll get called back for a final interview? Keep listening as I offer a behind the scenes perspective of what you need to know to get the job you so very well deserve. Before we dive into the show, can I ask a favor? If you love this show and find that it's helping you, can you share the show with just one person? Just one person that you know. Simply just share the link of the show from your favorite podcast app or share the show from the web at inospire.com forward slash podcasts. That's inospire.com forward slash podcasts. In episode 34, I provided the first four techniques to improving your interviewing skills to land your dream job. I even provided my five standard questions that may be asked of you during the interview. So if you haven't listened to episode 34, I encourage you to go back one episode and take a listen. Because in this episode... I'll provide my next seven tips from the perspective of a hiring manager, including how to intently listen deeply to the interviewer and leveraging your resume to your advantage during the interview. So first, number one, be polite and respectful to everyone you come in contact with. If you recall from my last episode when I was an HR executive at a hotel company, I would rely on my valet drivers under the port to be my eyes and ears prior to the official interview starting. So when you're walking into the building for an interview, be polite and respectful because you have no idea that you may be under the spotlight the moment you step on property grounds. So assuming the building is shared with other tenants, again, you never know who works for the company you're applying for and what their position is. Imagine how awkward it would be if you didn't hold the door open for someone behind you, and then you end up face-to-face with that same person in your interview a few minutes later. This happens, folks, and people have not gotten the job because of it. Politeness and respectfulness in this regard might not be talked about in the interview, but you can guarantee they will remember it. You've worked so hard on your interview preparation just to have it ruined by something so simple. It is not hard to be polite and respectful to everyone, and not doing so could hurt your job chances more than you think. Take it from me. I have seen it firsthand. Number two, and I cannot believe I even have to say this. Turn your phone off. 
ideally put it on silent, not really vibrate, but ideally silent. You know, few things are more embarrassing than having your phone ring in the middle of an interview and letting everyone hear your cheesy ringtone. So please, 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 either put it on silent or ideally turn it off completely. Because sometimes even like if you put it on silent or, oh God, even on vibrate, it sits there on the table sometimes and you see it and it vibrates on the table, it makes a noise or a notification pops up even when silent and it distracts you. Listen, you're not the president of a major first world country. Um, you're, you're, you're not going to get the call like on the red phone, all right? So just put it away, put it away. If the interviewer hears your phone ring or vibrate in your pocket, they might assume that this interview is really not that important that you have other commitments that are obviously more important and they might just stop the interview right then and there. Also, you, you will have to spend unnecessary time apologizing for the interruption and that's even embarrassing. So please turn your phone completely off. If you can't turn it off completely all the way, then at a minimum, put it on silent. And if you can't do that, maybe this isn't the day to be interviewing for that job. All right, number three, listening. This is a this is a this is a hot button here. All right, so I'm going to give you some good insight. So listening is an overlooked interviewing skill. A a big mistake interviewees make is spending all their time preparing to answer standard questions, but they're not actually listening to the interview. Cramming information into your head right before the interview is not considered good interview prep, right? Just like I tell my students, interviewing, or excuse me, for, <laughs> studying for a test is not good when you're doing it right before or writing a paper one hour before it's due. It's, it's not gonna go well. If you don't give an answer that matches the question being asked because you weren't listening, the interviewer might be confused and ask that you pay more attention to the question. Not only will this behavior show that you lack certain interviewing skills, but it may also indicate that you're unable to listen to basic instructions in a job setting. If an interviewer asks a question and you don't understand every aspect of it, please, 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 please feel free to ask for clarification. Once you received it, there's no harm in taking a few seconds to think about the question before answering it to ensure your response is clear. You know, sometimes the interviewer will ask a two-part question, so be sure to address both parts with the same level of detail. And one way I do this is I write it down, right? Uh, just a little bullet point. When they ask me the two-part, even sometimes the three-part question, I will bullet point, and then I'll say, do you mind repeating your question so I can make sure I thoughtfully respond to all parts of your question? And then they'll repeat it, and I'll just take these little brief bullet point notes to have those in front of me to make sure that I am prepared and good to go. Again, ask, 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 and don't feel that you have to jump into responding right away. It's okay to take 10, 15 seconds, even sometimes longer, and look the interviewer in the eye and say, wow, what a thoughtful question. Let me just have a moment to really think through this, and then use your notepad, do some quick little brain, you know, brainstorming on it, 
and thoughtfully respond to it. That is exercising critical and analytical skills that the interviewer is seeing. That's great. So do that. All right. Let's go to number four. Tip number four is be careful with making too many personal connections. All right. So making a connection with an interviewer should just happen naturally, if it even happens at all. You know, commenting on the color of their shirt is acceptable, or even if they are wearing a pin on their shirt that you're familiar with. The problem, though, that people get into is trying too hard, too hard to make it personal, to make that personal connection and not putting the same effort into answering business questions. And then it just doesn't seem genuine, right? It seems super cheesy, fake, uh, forced, and they see right through it. So when you're too personal, the interviewer might think you're trying to cover up flaws or gaps in your job skills, and they're hoping that you're going to hire you based on your personality rather than your qualifications. So the best thing here is to follow the interviewer's lead and only be as personal as they are to you. Now, again, although it's acceptable to, you know, comment on the pin on their shirt or whatever, I generally find like when I'm in the office, when I walk in, I try to find something that I uh, can relate to, right? Whether it's a knickknack on their desk, a photo, a piece of artwork, um, or something to just kind of break the ice in the beginning. But I generally let them take the lead, right? And if they want to dive right into the interview questions, I'll run with that. If they, you know, ask me, hey, do you want some water or a cup of coffee? Or how was your commute coming into the job interview today? Right? That seems a little more personal. That's where I'm about to, you know, hopefully make that connection. Like, you know, oh, my commute was actually really great on the 405. There, there was no issues. Where do you commute in from? Oh, wow. You commute in from downtown Los Angeles? Wow, that, that, that must be a tough commute. Oh, it isn't? Oh, great. All right, great. Let's get into the questions. You see, it's 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 not forced. It's just a natural conversation like you're having with your um, coworkers in the break room, right? So be careful. Don't don't get too cheesy and make too many personal connections. Run with their lead. Let's get to tip number five. Get straight to the point with your answers, right? Get straight to the point. Don't blabble along. Part of your interview prep should be to speak clearly and get straight to the point when providing answers. Most interviewers understand that people can get wordy or off topic when they're nervous, but if you do this with every answer, it could hurt your chances of landing the job. So answer directly without a lot of fluffiness to demonstrate your confidence in the answer. Succinct answers won't leave the interviewer wondering if you were talking so much because you didn't know the answer. And remember, it's okay to ask for clarification of the question. So ask for that clarification. It's okay. Right? All right, let's get to number six. Back up your resume with examples. Back up your resume with examples uh, during the interview. Now, hopefully, not always, but hopefully your interviewer studied your resume before coming into the interview. And guess what? You should too. You should know your resume, obviously, better than them. 
Now, this seems very obvious, but too many people prepare resumes weeks before getting their first interview. Then forget to revisit it. This looks bad if you don't know how to answer questions about your resume. So have an example ready to back up every statement on your resume. If you say that you helped train many people in your organization, provide some examples, right? How many people did you train in your organization? What type of training was it? Did you do it online or in person or hybrid? Prepare to speak about situations where you struggled and had successes. Assume that the interviewer will ask you for a specific, so be ready to provide those. All right, let's get to our final tip for this episode, number seven, which is never use foul language, even if the interviewer does. Never use foul language. Using foul language is one of the biggest mistakes you can make in an interview. Relating to the interviewer can be beneficial, but never follow their lead if they use foul language. Also, take care not to badmouth any previous employers or coworkers, even if your language is not foul, because they will see it as foul. Remember, your interviewer already has the job and you are searching for one. So you don't want to use foul language to be the reason why you do not get the job you are otherwise qualified for. So there you have it, folks. Part two of a three-part series on improving your interviewing skills to help land your dream job. In the next episode, the final part three of the series, I'll provide my last seven additional tips, including what questions you Yes, you should be asking of the interviewer and how you can engage the interviewer about your professional long-term goals and relate it to the interview. Thanks for tuning in. Like what you heard today? If you want to talk more about this topic or any topic to help you overcome workplace nonsense and bad bosses, schedule a call with me one-on-one. -on -one. You can sign up for free at Enospire.com. Once you sign up at Enospire, you not only have access to me, but you'll have access to free resources to assist you in your career. The Corporate Shadow is produced by Enospire Inc. The views expressed in The Corporate Shadow does not reflect the opinions or views of California State University, Long Beach. For The Corporate Shadow, I'm Dr. Ryan Giffen. Until next time, remember, you are in charge of your career and no matter what you do at work, you are always casting a corporate shadow.